Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. Thank you all for being here on this fall kind of day um, that God has given us. Uh, we have some announcements for you. Um, I'm going to jump real quick and say that uh, I am working on getting um, an Advent Bible study uh, ready to go. Um, I will have, oh, I'm stealing that from you, aren't I? I'm sorry. Um, I will have more information on that probably next week um, in the bulletins and stuff. Uh, there will be an option for an evening Zoom call, um, and then there will be an option for during the day here at church. Um, we'll have to watch how many people we have to, for in person so we don't uh, you know, put anybody at health risk. So we will figure out exactly how we're going to manage that, probably have people call in and let us know they want to be a part of it and just watch so we don't get, like, too many folks. Um, but that information will be coming to you in the very, 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 very near future. Uh, so keep your ears open, your eyes peeled, and um, all that good stuff. Um, and I th think that's all I have at the moment. Uh, your turn. All right. <laughs> so we're just going to kind of touch on the announcements today. You can read through them in more detail. Uh, harvest dinner is this Thursday from Yay! 5 to 7, so get ready. Um, we are in need of a person to, we're going to call some of our shut-ins um, and deliver to them, probably clinton Decumsey area. So if you're interested in helping us make those deliveries, please let Sheila know. Um, next on the list, it is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month and also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we'll think of all of those people who may be in those two situations and we'll pray for them this month. Uh, Dottie and Nicole are doing the Pumpkin Path event for the kids. That will be next Sunday after service from 1230 to 2. Um, craft show is coming up too in a few weeks and they are looking for people to make cookies we're still gonna do the cookie walk so if you want to start your baking and um, get those going you can put them in the freezer and and then we'll start collecting those the first part of November uh, let's see we got All Saints Day is Sunday November 1st if you are interested in participating in that and have a, a loved one that you would like um, to honor, then please let us know or call the office. Uh, take a look. We've got new email addresses. You should have received your test email. So we should be good on that, hopefully. If you did not get that, let us know, please, so we can make sure we have the correct email address for you. Um, and the pastor's email, the one that we have in the bulletin for the private emails to him, um, he would like us to send those instead to pastor at clintonunitedmethodist.org. And we'll make that change in the bulletin next week as well. Uh, the little ones this morning for Sunday school, our preschool and kindergarten children, are going to meet, be meeting in the gym and probably for the rest of the year because it's getting a little chilly out for them. And now we have uh, Jan is going to get talk to us about Samaritan's Purse for this year. Good morning. If you if you didn't get one of these uh, pamphlets, uh, 
put your hand out or stand up and one of the uh, Smiths over there will, will make sure you have one. Uh, I want to say a few words about Samaritan's Purse first and then I'll tell you about the, how this works with, the, uh, with this pamphlet. First of all, Samaritan's Purse is run by a man by the name of Franklin Graham, who is Billy Graham's son, the, the premier evangelist of our time. Got, he got it, Billy Graham got into more than 120 countries, probably spoke to more live audience than anybody in the world. His son took a little different tack and does missionary work all over the world, in the United States also. If you, if you look after there's been a hurricane, you'll see the Samaritan's, Samaritan's uh, big semi-truck, and they've got supplies for hurricane-inflicted area, areas. In Puerto Rico, I know they sent building materials, and they sent people to help them rebuild their houses. Uh, the thing about Samaritan's Purse, this church does a lot of nice ministries for this community. Phyllis, uh, of course, with her food bank, and there's uh, Linda and Sheila and uh, Diane who do uh, Christmas gifts and warm hats and mitts for this community, children. And the thing about the Samaritan's Purse boxes is different. These boxes are going to areas in this world that do not have any safety nets for families or children or adults or anybody there. They don't have workman's comp. They don't have any uh, food banks. They don't have uh, Salvation Army. They don't have toys for tots. Social workers who help out people. Uh, so they're in a desperate situation over there. And these boxes are sent over with a, uh, a book. It's called The Greatest Gift. So we're sending a gift. But along with that, Samaritan's Purse sends a book that is age appropriate and in their own language telling about Jesus. So we're really sending the good news when we send this box. I want to show you some things about this. Then I'll, I'll show you some things that I've got to put in my boxes. In the front of your pamphlet, it has November 16th through the 23rd. Now, the, the last Sunday is four weeks from today where we, we'll gather boxes here. But I will not take those to the collection area till probably Tuesday or Wednesday. This year, you have to, have to get an, uh, have an advance notice that you're bringing these boxes in. So it's, there's still time if we forget, if you forget your box, I can come and get it. I can meet you here at the church so that those boxes get sent in. If you look at the back of the box or, or the pamphlet, you're going to see uh, boy and girl in red and green and an age on each one. When you get that box and you put it together, you're going to put that, check what age group and, and like if I, if I have a boy and I've got something that's more a four-year-old, I can circle that. But you put that on with tape, boy or girl. So this is good for two, two boxes. Right on top of the box, right. It says place label here. It does say place label here. Now, I'm going to give you some, a few little items in here, and this is in there. A wow, a wow, a wow present might be. 
something like this. It's a, uh, now this is probably a four, three, four, I can't remember, $3, $4, $5 gift. And it scrunches up, and you can put that in that box, and you can get plenty around besides that. Another wow gift would be something like this. This soccer ball is a coveted gift. And I, I'd looked for several years, and I thought, geez, if I buy a soccer ball for $19, I, 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 I'm out because I want to do more than one, one uh, box. I found these. They're a Franklin uh, soccer ball, and they're at Walmart for $4.99. And you have to buy a pump. So you, you take the air out of it when you put it in the box, and you then send the pump with it. Now, there you've got $9. But when I do a box like that, I put in, I'll show you what I put in. One of those boxes for the older kids, I'll put something like this. It's a pad, it's a pad. I'll put pencils and erasers and uh, pens and maybe a, a pen, pencil sharpener for 50 cents. This was a dollar. I also sometimes put in um, something like a solar calculator. You can get them for, for a dollar. A deck of cards. You can pay more if you want. There are three things they do not, they, they, they want in these boxes. Three things that they ask for in these boxes, and one is a toothbrush, one is a washcloth, and one is a new bar of soap. A toothbrush, a washcloth, and a new bar of soap. Do not send toothpaste, liquids, or candy. When we first started, I used to always put Tootsie Roll Pops, a bag of them, so there was enough to go around in, in an area. But they don't want that candy, they don't want toothpaste. Now. Uh, for the little ones, I always get a dollar coloring book. I always get some crayons. And you can get those crayons that are just as, they're as nice as the Crayola, they're called I Imagine, and they're 50 cents. I always get these Hot Wheels. Now this is, a, they're like Legos, but it's a little tiny bag of building blocks. And I wouldn't put these in the little ones because they want to put them in their mouth or try to eat them. But when I give something like this, I put it in a plastic bag, a Ziploc bag, so that when, when this thing gets zipped open, they still have them. And it's a sweet little gift. I'll show you some clips, some hair clips for the girls. Uh, here's a little sweet little puzzle, 24 pieces for a dollar. And I say these prices because you can do these boxes and not spend a fortune. They're asking for $9 to send these packages, these boxes, for shipping, for shipping. And I'm going to tell you that when I send two pints of homemade red raspberry jam to my nephew who lives in Chardon, Ohio, which is about an hour east of Cleveland, it costs me almost that to send it. But not, it seems like a lot, but I, I can tell you this. When you, when you send these boxes, that money you spend on these boxes and that shipping, it will never be a loss to you. It will never be a loss to you. It will be all to your gain. You're sending things to people who do not have anything. This could be the, the first gift this child has ever gotten. You're sending it in Jesus' name. And uh, some other things, they've got lots of... You can, send, you can get online. Now, I don't do this. This, this little Play-Doh, 
And I found some little plastic forms so they can press, press out forms. Well, cookie, cutters. cookie cutters, yeah. That's what they are. Anything else in there? Oh, they, these were donated, uh, spinning tops. They just, and they can do them in the box. What else have I got in there? There's chalk, you can get sunglasses, you can get jump ropes. There are all kinds of, uh, oh, the watercolor paints. I always think to myself, maybe if I send a watercolor paint to some little child, who knows? Maybe that will open up an artistic bent in that kid. I mean, I don't have it. And I was, I had them when I was a kid, but you never, you just never know what these things are, how they're going to touch these children. Uh, we have a bunch in a, in a box, and we're going to bring them out. We have a bunch of little stuffed animals that we want you to take for your box. There are also some toothbrushes and some other little things that we want you, uh, and socks. We have beautiful new socks. And what kid at night, they can put on those socks. They don't care. We have a lot of black ones, but who cares? They've got something to cover their feet. Uh, what else? There's, uh, I'm missing something. We're going to bring the boxes out. We've got a lot of help if you want to stay in your car. We'll bring the boxes to you. But if you want to come up, take a look at these things. We want them gone. And they're, they're, they're very nice. They came from the rummage sale. But I tell you, they're, they're as nice as I would give to my kids when they were little. So... Uh, they want new things. And even you guys can do it. I do it every year. In, the, uh, in, the, uh, in this pamphlet, there's a, an envelope down here, and you can put your check. You can, you can go online. That's what I was going to say. You can go online, and you can track your box. You can find out where your box goes and see where these young people, these kids live. Uh, anyway, you can put your check in there, or you can pay online. And if you put your name there, you will get a report back. Uh, if you have any questions, um, I get somebody. I, I've got rubber bands. It's great because sometimes these get full, and a rubber band holds it all together, and we've got those for you too. Uh, when I buy, when I buy uh, toothbrushes, I can get five of them for a dollar at uh, Dollar General, and I can get like six of the bigger ones. So I get little ones and big ones. So you don't have to spend a lot of money on the, on the necessary items. Uh, a little more on that, uh, that big item, and it takes up room in the box. They'd rather have two boxes than have something that's completely overstuffed. I keep telling my oldest daughter. She says, all right, just give me three boxes then, because I always overbuy. Uh, I have a question. I have an answer. May it, not be what you the right answer, but if we if we send a pack of cards, do we need to include instructions for how to play euchre? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find a lot of cute things that are you know will will really please these kids. They have those punch bags, you know, you put them on your wrist. You don't have to punch anybody else, but if you get annoyed, you can be punching those bags. I used to always fun. send a tennis ball, but <clears throat> anyway. If you're going to get a, a ball that's not a soccer ball but needs a pump, then you just have to suck it up and buy that $4 pump. It's $3.99. Uh, if you have any questions, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're going to take part, and I think you will be blessed for it. So for now, that's, I'll sign off. Thank you. Thank you. And one more reminder for everybody, if you start getting cold,
feel free to turn your car on, but also maybe turn on your car halfway through service. That way your battery's nice. not going to run out and we have to jump your battery at the end of service. So feel free to turn on your car at any time to uh, charge up your battery. I think it'd be kind of cool to have children across the oceans learning how to play euchre, just like us here in the Midwest. <laughs> okay, can we have a euchre tournament then here? As long as there's no money involved, I think we can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want Pastor Michael on your euchre team. He's still <laughs> learning how to play. They tried to teach me when we went to Israel in seminary, and it didn't, didn't work well. <laughs> Anything else? Once, twice. Okay. Okay. Okay, I think we're ready to begin our morning uh, praising the Lord. So if you would join me in our call to worship. The grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, and also, also with you. Why are souls cast down? Why are souls disquieted within us? We put our hope in God and will praise him. God is our help eternal without ceasing. We will put our faith in you, O God. To protect us from the monsters of fear and doubt. And now, would you please join us in our opening hymn, We've a Story to Tell the Nations, number 569 in your hymnal. A story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light, a story of peace and light. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. Leave a song to be sung to the nations that shall lift their hearts to the Lord. A song that shall conquer evil and shatter the spear and sword and shatter the spear and sword. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. We've a message to give to the nations, that the Lord who reigneth above hath sent us his Son to save us and show us that God is love and show us that God is love for the darkness shall turn to dawning and the 
morning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. Give a Savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow had trod, that all of the world's great Darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. And now please join me for the opening prayer. Forgiving God, from you we cannot hide. You will always seek us out and be with us no matter where we go. You desire for us to also seek out you and to share your love with the world. We ask you now, O oh God, to be present with us in this time of worship and praise as we celebrate your love and grace for all creation. All of this we lift to you, O God. Amen. And now we'll go on to our next hymn, Depth of Mercy, number 355 in your hymnal. Depth of mercy can there be, mercy still reserved for me. Can my God his wrath forbear, me the chief of sinners bear? I have long withstood his grace, long provoked him to his face. Would not hearken to his calls, grieved him by a thousand falls. I, my master, have denied, I afresh have crucified, oft profane his hallowed name, put him to an open shame. Therefore, Stands, shows his wounds and spreads his hands. God is love, I know, I feel. Jesus weeps and loves me still. Now incline me to repent. Let me now my sins lament. Now my foul revolt deplore. We believe and sin no more. If you would join me in our prayer of illumination. O Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. 
Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love and strength to follow on the path you set before us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Proverbs 3, verses 21 through 26 in the NRSV. The true security. My child, do not let these escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden panic or of the storm that strikes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. God tells us over and over again in scripture not to be afraid. Our gifts this morning are one way that we trust God even in a world that keeps telling us to be afraid. We will let go of thinking that we are on our own and we will live each day in a graceful dependence on our God. We will now collect our offering. We're going to take this song twice today. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His My story, this is my song, praise to my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Angels descending, 
my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is if you would please join me in our doxology which is on page 95 in your hymnals Almighty and most merciful God, from you comes every good and perfect gift. We give you praise and thanks for all your mercies. Your goodness has created us. Your bounty has sustained us. Your discipline has chastened us. Your patience has borne with us. Your love has redeemed us. Give us a heart to love and serve you and enable us to show our thankfulness for all your goodness and mercy by giving up ourselves to your service and cheerfully submitting in all things to your blessed will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I now invite you to a time and an attitude of prayer. As you can see in our bulletin, we have continued prayer requests for Bob Gieske's brother-in-law, Dick, who they are working on weaning him off the ventilator and... Again, the tests have shown that he has had multiple strokes. Uh, Mary is awaiting answers on medical issues. Diana had foot surgery. She is home recuperating. She definitely appreciates the cards and calls and especially the prayers. Uh, Louise's cousin's daughter, Terry, has been diagnosed with lung cancer and is in the ICU in Florida while they are uh, working and evaluating her. Unfortunately, um, Terry's uh, family cannot visit her in the ICU, so they are waiting here in Michigan for when they're going to be able to go and see her, and a lot of prayers are needed. Um, we also have prayers for Marilyn Randall. Um, she is uh, kind of struggling and looks like heading towards the end of her life, so prayers for her. And, of course, uh, continued prayers for Lois um, our organist and pianist uh, who fell um, recently and uh, injured some ribs and possibly some other stuff. So please keep all of them in your prayers. Um, and please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, 
we come before you a thankful people for the many blessings that you bestow upon us in our lives. Despite the reality of this pandemic, we are still thankful for opportunities to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and other milestones in our lives, even if it may be at a distance from some of those that we love. We are thankful for the opportunity to still come together and worship you. We are thankful for the many other ways that you bless us that we may not even fully be aware of or always remember. And Lord, you taught us to bring everything to you in prayer, so we also bring you the things that are weighing heavily upon our hearts today. There are so many who are struggling with their health, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, whether fighting this pandemic or cancer or other issues. There are those who are suffering from domestic abuse and the many, many layers that are found within that unfortunate reality. God, we lift them all to you and ask for your healing touch and your intervention. We ask that you would continue to work through and guide the hands of those in the medical field, including the doctors and nurses, the surgeons, the lab technicians, the research scientists, the first responders, the EMTs, and so many others who are working so diligently, especially in this time of a global pandemic. God, we also want to lift up prayers of thanks for those who work so hard to provide safety to us in our world. We give you thanks for all of those who have made the commitment and sacrifice to serve in our military and armed forces, our police officers and firefighters, and so many others. God, we ask that you would guide them in their words and their actions, keep them safe. And Lord, for those who are far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon. God, we also lift up every person on this planet, every country, every nation, every leader at every level. We pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds, help us to find ways, despite our differences of opinions or ideas, to still come together in peaceful ways, to work towards the betterment of all humanity and not just a select few. Help us to remember that we are your beloved children, all worthy of your grace and love, and that you have called us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and your son reminded us that we are also called to love our enemies. Give us the strength to be able to follow that call. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you today in the name of your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, now it's time for our youth moment. So I'm going to invite any of our youth and children, young adult folks to come on up real quick and we'll have a very, very quick little time together so nobody freezes or turns into a popsicle. Um, and remember, we have suckers for when it's over, but if you want a sucker, you have to come forward and remember you are all children of God, so everyone is always invited to come up.
All right, how are you guys doing? Are you awake? Mostly? Yeah, okay. So, have you guys ever been afraid? Never? So, do you ever wonder why we get afraid? So, times when we're afraid because we don't know what's going to happen. And as people, we like to know what's going to happen. We like surprises, good surprises, but we don't like bad surprises. And so when... Um, and so when we don't know what's going to happen, that can be scary. But the thing that we need to remember the most is that no matter what happens, we are never alone. God is always with us. And we can't always see God or touch God as much as we might want to, but God is always there. And the best thing is because you guys are kids and you know about God now, you're going to know God so awesome as you grow older and it's just going to get better and better. So... God will never let you be alone. There is nowhere in this world that God isn't already. And that's pretty cool, don't you think? I think it's pretty cool. I know it helps me feel better. And anytime you're really scared or really afraid, you can always talk to God. It doesn't have to be a special prayer. It can just be you talking to God, and God will hear you. Okay? Does that all sound pretty good? Yeah? All right. It's a little cold out here, so I'm going to have you guys help me with one more thing. Can you guys help me lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer again? The adults keep forgetting all the words. I don't, I don't know why. All right, repeat after me. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Awesome. You guys rock. All right. We got your suckers, and it's time for Sunday school. All right. 
Let us prepare for the Lord's coming by putting aside our fears and repenting of our sins. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. O God of second chances, we come to you again seeking your forgiveness. Too often we try to hide from you and from the work you have called us to do. We shy away from sharing the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, with those who need to hear it the most. We ask that you would strengthen us and forgive us for these shortcomings, O God, and help us to seek you out rather than try to hide away. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, fear not. The grace of God appears, bringing salvation to all. Our sins are forgiven. It is the will of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own, zealous for good deeds, all to the glory of God, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. of faith found uh, page 882 of your hymnals I believe in God the Father Almighty creator, creator of, of heaven and earth, and earth. I, believe I believe in Jesus Christ, Christ his, his only son our Lord who was conceived, conceived by the Holy Spirit, Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was, was crucified died and, and was buried he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading for today is Romans verse Romans 8 verses 37 through 39 in the NRSV. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am conceived that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. And we'll continue with a hymn that I'm sure is going to be new to a lot of you. It's number 476, Lonely the Boat. But when you see what our next scripture reading is, you got to understand, you just, you got to do this song. So it's easy one, I promise. <laughs> he said bravely. Lonely the boat. 
at sea, tossed on a cold stormy night. Cruel the sea, which seems so wide, with waves so high. This single ship sailed the deep sea, straight into the gale. Oh Lord, great is the peril, dangers to all assail. Strong winds arose in all their rage, tossing the tiny lone Billowing high, tossing the boat, lost and afloat. The sailors stood all alone, wondering what to do. Oh Lord, so helpless was he. Wondering what to do, <clears throat> trembling with fear, deep in despair, looking for help all around. The sailors saw light from above, help can be found. My God is here in my small boat, standing by my side. Oh, I trust in the Savior now in my life abide. Pleading for your mercy, O Lord, a sinner like me. Come and, O oh Lord, come to the sea as in Galilee. Please save my life from all danger. Grant a peaceful life. Oh, Merciful Lord, in times of calm and strife, storms in our lives, cruel and cold, surely will arise again. Threatening lives, threatening us on life's wild sea. Powerful and great, God's hand is there, firmly in control. Oh Lord, come, peace comes from you, peace comes to my lone soul.
Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This section is titled, Jonah Tries to Run Away from God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of an Amidi, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went aboard to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. When the, then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am Hebrew, he replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them so. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried aloud to the Lord, Please, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you all say, thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. All-seeing, all-knowing, and all-loving God, we come before you now seeking your presence and peace. We ask that you calm our hearts, quiet our minds, and block the distractions of our fears. We ask these things that we might focus instead on you and your message for us in this time and your message for the world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
We are now in our third week of our sermon series during October titled, Things That Go Bump in the Bible. Our first week, we talked about monsters on land and in our dreams. Last week, we entered the depths of the oceans and the depths of our fears. Today, we stay in the water, but much much closer to the surface and try to discover what we are really afraid of. Last week, I talked about how as humans, we fear the unknown because it brings us to the reality that we're not in control or may not have power in a given situation. And that's a really hard thing to admit. We're human. We are the dominant species, at least in our own minds. We have scripture that tells us that God has placed humanity over creation to care for it, like we find in Psalm 8. So it's easy to see why we like to think we're in control. We have been granted free will. We are able to make decisions. In light of that, it's not really a far jump over time to get used to the idea that we are in full control of our lives and everything in them. Some scholars have even said that as humans, we have an incredible arrogance about us in our views of our control in the world. But I think sometimes, even though it may be hard, we can admit that we are not always in control or that we believe that there are other forces at work in our world. Now let's take a look back at our reading from Jonah for today to get a little bit more insight. Now I have to be honest, this is one of my absolute favorite stories in Scripture. Part of that may be because of the VeggieTales movie of the same name. I'm a big kid. I like cartoons. And while I acknowledge that the VeggieTales versions of some of the stories in Scripture are not always 100% in line or accurate to the text of Scripture, I do feel that they still get the overall message right. And besides, how can you not love a talking tomato and cucumber? Unless they're on your counter, in which case that would be a little weird. But back to our Scripture. We enter the story of God commanding Jonah to go and speak out against the wicked and evil city of Nineveh. As you may have guessed, Jonah was a prophet of God who went around sharing God's messages to the different intended peoples as God instructed. But this time, rather than follow God's command, Jonah goes in the opposite direction, literally. But why? Why does he do this? Is he afraid of God? Is he afraid of of Nineveh and the wicked people there? Well, our scripture only says that Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, the VeggieTales version shows Jonah not wanting to deal with the evils and the horrors of Nineveh. And it also portrays him as believing that the people are not likely to change their ways, even with him telling them that they needed to do that, and that in a way they're not even worthy of God's forgiveness if they did change their ways. So Jonah tries to run away from God and the responsibility that God has given to him. And that's where things get interesting. Because you see, Jonah, in trying to escape, gets on a boat headed far, far away from Nineveh and God, or at least he thinks so, And while on the boat, we heard about how a great storm rises up. 
and it tosses the boat around like a child might with a toy in their bathtub. And these poor sailors are panicked. And I don't think we could really blame them. They start praying to their gods. They're throwing cargo overboard, trying to regain control of their ship in this horrible storm. And the whole time, Jonah's down in the hold taking a nap. He's taking a nap during a storm of what I can only assume was pretty rife and life-threatening given the description we're giving. And this guy's asleep. He's fast asleep while everybody else is scattering around, throwing stuff overboard, just trying to survive. I got to be honest, and that's part of the story. Jonah doesn't really seem like a really nice guy. Well, they finally go down and they wake him up. And they figure out that he is the reason for this storm. He even tells them that he's trying to run away from God. And the sailors are thinking, you're out of your mind. And they're continuing to panic, trying to figure out what they can do to appease this God and save their lives and their ship. And then something really kind of surprising happens. Jonah tells them to throw him overboard. And that will appease God and the storm will go away. And to talk about these, the character of these sailors, they resist him at first. They don't want to be responsible for what they assume would be his death. But then as things look their worst, they are finally convinced and they pick him up and throw him overboard. And as soon as they do, the storm quiets. The sea no longer rages. And in that moment, they recognize the power of God and they begin to make sacrifices to him and promises to serve him. And then everything's good, right? End of the story. Jonah swims to shore. Everyone lives happily ever after, right? This is the part where the theme from Jaws would probably start playing. Jonah did not meet his fate at the jaws of a shark like the victim in the movies, but... God did send a great fish or whale, some kind of sea creature, to swallow him whole, which I cannot imagine is a very pleasant experience. And it's got to be pretty darn scary, if you ask me. Can you even imagine that? You're treading water, even just swimming along, and you happen to look down, and you see a giant dark hole coming up at you from below. And you realize that you can't swim fast enough to get out of its way. It's only a matter of a few seconds and you are done. That's terrifying. And even though the scripture passage doesn't really give any insight to what Jonah was feeling in that moment, I can't believe he was happy or excited about it. I don't get the impression that even back then people were getting swallowed whole by large whales or fish on a regular basis. Even if he recognized God's hand being active in this moment, I have to believe that human fear overtook him at some point in this nightmare he was experiencing. Now, I'll be honest, I have not been able to find anywhere any indication that after God sent Jonah free from this creature and again called him one more time to go to Nineveh and deliver his message. There's no real indication that I can find that Jonah does what God asks him to out of fear. He just goes and does what God told him to do. And I think that's really interesting because 
I'm guessing most of us, if we had been swallowed by some great sea creature because we disobeyed God, we'd probably not falter again, given the chance, and at least partially because we'd be scared out of our minds. I'm thinking the threat of being swallowed by a whale only really needs to happen once in someone's life to really take hold. So is that what we should be afraid of? Should we be afraid of our God that if we disobey God, we are going to be swallowed by some horrible creature? Well, there is some scripture that would kind of offer that idea. And I'm not saying that we should not have some fear of God, but there is a big difference between having a healthy and respectful fear of God and doing things out of coercion because you fear for your very life. So what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of God? Are we afraid of perceived dangers in following God's call to us? Are we afraid of failing in those calls and somehow disappointing God and ourselves? Or is it really just a fear of lack of control over our lives and our destinies? What are we really, truly, in the depths of our very beings afraid of? Well, I think any and all of those things are possible answers for almost anybody. Obviously, as we are humans and live the human existence, there may not be one universal answer to this question of what we are afraid of. For some, the fear is absolutely over a lack of control. For others, it may be a fear of failure. Others still may be driven by a fear that comes from a lack of trust. These are normal fears that almost everyone will experience at one time or another in their lives. But as I think about this scripture and the book of Jonah in general, this story, something jumps out at me. Jonah was called by God to tell the people of Nineveh to change their ways. God gives them a second chance. Just like God gives us all a second chance through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in a way, I would make the argument that Jonah was being called by God to go and evangelize to the people of Nineveh. Now, obviously, his message was not about Jesus Christ, because this is well before that time in history. But it was a message of God's love all the same. And I know that might sound kind of funny, because the message talks about the wicked ways of the people. But we have to remember what else it tells us. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and speak out against it. I am aware of how wicked its people are. Do you hear the key phrase there? I am aware. Think about it. If God didn't love the people of Nineveh, would God bother to pay any attention to them? Would God care? Would God be aware of their wicked ways? Would it just be kind of pushed aside? For that matter, would God send a prophet to share this message if God did not love those people? I don't think God would do any of that if God didn't have a genuine love for the people of Nineveh. And you know what the best part about that message is, about God's love? God's love means that we don't have to be afraid. God's love means that we don't have to fear even death. 
God's love means that we don't have to fear eternal suffering. God's love means that we don't have to fear the evils and the dark places in this world. Now, does that mean we should live our lives without any fear? Probably not. While it's a nice idea to live boldly through our faith and trust in God, I think as long as there is evil in our world, it would be irresponsible to live life without any fear. But we can find opportunities to live without fear and still do something bold in the world. And I want to be clear right now about what I am saying. I am not, especially in response to the pandemic we find ourselves in, I am not saying that we should not have a fear of that virus and what can happen. Please do not misunderstand. That is something that we very much should have a healthy fear of because it can end your life. And one of the things when it comes to stuff like that, the way I guess I try and think about it is God has blessed us with not only knowing about God and trusting that God will help see us through this kind of thing, but God has also blessed us with our intelligence, logic, and the knowledge that has been gained over time when it comes to health. So yes, we can be bold, but it's also okay to be afraid and be responsible when it comes to things in this life. I wonder, have you ever wanted to share your faith with someone, but you weren't really sure where to start? Maybe a friend, someone you ran into in the grocery store, whoever it may be. That is an opportunity to fight the fears that we may hold and to do something bold. And I don't mean drag them kicking and screaming to church. While kidnapping would surely be a bold move, that's a little beyond what I'm thinking. But you can be bold. You can invite them to come to church. Especially right now, this has got to be one of the most non-threatening situations for someone who has never come to church. You can be pretty anonymous in your car. We're not going to make you stand up or anything. You can just come and experience what worship looks like in this faith community. But remember, even if you ask or invite someone, if they say no, that's okay. Because at least you asked. You made the effort. And if we never ask, they can never say no, but they can never say yes either. We can be bold by offering to help a neighbor with stuff around their house. Again, in the middle of a pandemic, that picture looks a little bit differently, but there are still ways we can reach out to our neighbors. You can be bold by calling someone who maybe isn't able to get out right now at all and talk with them, visit with them through the phone, help them to know they are still loved and cared about. You can be bold by getting even more active in the missions and work of this church. And as I say that statement, I realize that that might be hard to do because you are all really active in the stuff we do here. And I am thankful for that because despite everything we face right now, you guys did not give up and you have kept going, doing so in a safe manner to guard your health and the health of others but still be active in mission and the mission of this church. 
There are countless ways that we can be bold and push against the fear that we have in our lives. And I think, as I said, you have all already begun to do that. But fear is an immensely powerful thing. We look at the story in Luke where Peter denies knowing Jesus not once, but three times. And Jesus told him he would do it. And Peter was like, nah, not me. I am going to be faithful. I will stand by you no matter what. I will die at your side. And then, when that terrifying moment happened, when Jesus was taken away, everything seemed to be falling apart, and fear took over Peter. And he denied this man, his teacher, that he had come to love and respect and follow. So we shouldn't be ashamed of being afraid. But we do need to try and fight against it. We can't let our fear drive us away from God as Jonah did, or at least tried. It can lead to much scarier realities when we try and run from God. But we need to also remember that if we do falter, and we will, because we are human and we are not perfect, and we find ourselves trying to run away from God, we need to always remember that we cannot ever escape God's love. God will always be with us in those times when things look their worst because God loves us. So I want to ask you all to try and do something for me. I want you to try and do something bold. Again, no kidnapping. Not getting, getting in trouble for that one. Do something bold. Reach out to a neighbor in a way that you might be able to help them. Again, social distancing, all that stuff that's important. Reach out to a friend that maybe you've been wanting to invite to come to church. Share your faith in a loving way. Let them see how awesome God's love is through you. Don't let the fear overtake you. I know it's hard. We all falter, but I believe that we can do that. And always, Always remember that God is with us everywhere, just like I told our kids today. There is nowhere, literally, forget the planet, the universe, anywhere that exists, there is nowhere that God isn't already there. There is nowhere that God has not already been and continues to be. There is nowhere we can go where God is not with us. God is all-powerful and can help us to conquer our fears so be bold. Open yourself to God. Pray for that courage and to help to overcome those fears. And continue to do the good work that God calls us to do. Amen. I invite you to join us in our final hymn number 369, Blessed Assurance. is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this
this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of on my side, angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy at last. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Beloved children of God, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Never forget what really matters, so that you may live a pure and blameless life until Christ returns. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, those good things that are introduced in your life by Jesus Christ. For living this way will bring much glory and praise to God. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.